0: American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Code
1: STAPLE20. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 2.49 dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon.
2: Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here for the very first preview of the year, looking ahead to this Eagles preseason game on Saturday night and all the things we're going to look for from this one. Joining me to talk about it, a new voice on this show, Fraser Tafar. Fraser, thanks for joining me. How are you doing?
3: Doing good, Ken. Thank you for
2: having me. Long-time listener and a big-time fan of your work. Uh, appreciate that always, of course, and always looking to, to talk to new people as part of the fun of doing this show. But look ahead a little bit, and uh, John Harbaugh's already announced a lot of the regulars are not going to play in this game. I think he's telling the truth when he says that. Sometimes Mm -hmm. he hides things, but he's not (laughs) hiding this. I think they've learned their lesson from injuries in the past.
3: Yeah, I think they're going to take it light. I think uh, we're definitely. I think the most starters we'll see is probably the second game, if that. I think we'll not we'll not see Lamar, any of the top guys that are getting paid well. So.
2: Yeah, there was an article somewhere i saw i don't know there's a paper online that that said that it may have been just a tweet in fact that said they didn't think andrews was going to play at all during the preseason and i yeah. i apologize for not attributing that properly it might have been Srivek, it might have been one of the others uh but it seemed like a like a reasonable uh assumption uh, you know i i think it's likely that we will not see lamar more than about one series the entire preseason mm. uh and uh and there may be others as well but Let's focus on who we might see tomorrow. And that's kind of the way I drew up my sheet of, of uh, things I'll be looking for tomorrow. And there's still there's still going to be an article coming out <laughs> on Monday that will talk about the defense. Another one on Tuesday will talk about the offense and, and shows for both of those nights in terms of what we're seeing in, in some uh, what some people consider microscopic detail. But in a lot of ways, this is the most fun time of the season to look at a wide variety of players and you know conceive how they might help the Ravens.
3: Yeah, it's definitely going to be exciting seeing who stands out, who looks like they're a part of the league, who doesn't, and uh, see who rises to the top.
2: Well, let's start with the offense. I think people like to talk about that first anyway. But, you know, one of the things, a position that's fairly well set for the Ravens is that tight end position. And they've got three guys who are almost certainly going to be on the roster, Charlie Kolar, uh, and likely both draft picks last year, Mark Andrews, of course, the uh, the all-pro. Uh, you would think that uh, – All of those guys are certainly going to be on the roster. They have another guy, Vokalek, the Nebraska product, uh, who came out this year, who I think has been targeted a lot in camp, and I've been very interested to see him. And he's actually shown up on a lot lot of sides of both being a target frequently and also being a target on some good defensive playmaking. So, uh, you know, it, these, these third-string linebackers looking to make a na- name for themselves have been making some downhill plays, some PDs against Vokalek. Vokalek's also caught his share of balls, and that's a lot of total targets he's seen in camp.
3: Wow. I didn't know that about him. I think he's definitely someone that we have to keep on the radar, definitely in the third and fourth quarter. But I'm ready to see, likely in Kohler, how they're integrated into this office. Granted, it's not going to be week one offense, Full, re- full go, ready to go. But just seeing how likely has progressed as a blocker, and we didn't really get to see too much of Kohler last year. So it's going to be nice to see how he moves around. Definitely get to see him in the red zone, how he operates. It's going to be uh, interesting.
2: Yeah, it's, it kind of brings up a, a question right away, is how they try and ISO those players. And you know, do they try and get them opportunities to exploit space? As we know, they probably will be trying to get all season long with – play action with the, with the use of flowers to peel the top off the defense. Uh, the other speed guys, even Duvernay who's had very good hands, had a good camp so far as somebody who could help uh, peel the top off some of the gadgetry they can use to, to get room between level two and three in this game might almost be less important than how do these guys deal with a safety on a one-on-one matchup? How do they deal with a slot corner in a one-on-one matchup and can they consistently win get separation, body up against those guys, be bigger, uh and make sure that they make the contested catches uh that are a little bit difficult. But I'm interested to see all that from these guys.
3: Yeah. I'm I think I'm more excited to see that from likely because earlier in the season last year he had issues with concentration drops mm-hmm. and we definitely need to see him clean up on that. I mean, he had a great game against Arizona last year in the preseason, but we need to start seeing that more consistently. Same thing with Kohler. All you hear about Kohler is he's big in the red zone. He makes big catches across the middle. We, we haven't seen that really translate into the game, obviously, because he has a limited sample size. But, yeah, it's going to be a good one tomorrow.
2: Yeah, he, he did have a good game against Cincinnati, and I'm not going to forget it. It was very much like an exhibition game, except the other team happened to be playing good players. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it, was a, it, it, it carries more weight for me than P1 will tomorrow.
3: Yeah, I think that's true for sure.
2: All right, All right outstanding. So uh, let's move on a little bit to that wide receiver position. This is the position everybody wants to figure out who their camp darling is this year because we know a lot about who the Ravens wide receiver room is going to look like and the top guys are not going to play. We won't see any of Odell, I'm sure. I don't think we'll see and we won't see any of Bateman. I can guarantee you that because he hasn't <laughs> even got back for 11 on 11s yet. Uh we we May see a little bit of flowers. There's an indication of that. I think if we do, we'll probably see him for about one series and one target.
3: Yeah, I'm looking for Zay to be just a one-series guy. It's not going to be maybe two series if the drive goes fast enough, mm-hmm. but I think I see him being on a limited snap count. Uh, I think tom- tomorrow night – or sorry, well, tomorrow night when this comes out, James Pro- it's going to be the James Proche show, I think mm-hmm. – He hasn't been showcased in preseason. He had that one big touchdown catch against Washington a year ago, I think. Uh, Other than that, I think this is his opportunity to show, can he be that sixth guy? Same thing with Wallace and... um, Why am I blanking on his name?
2: Uh, Treadwell. Okay, Treadwell, Treadwell. yeah.
3: Treadwell. We really want to see Treadwell take a step as as a first overall pick. I think those three guys are the mainstays at five and six that we're looking at.
2: Yeah. Treadwell to me, I mean, he's, he's been decent in camp. There's been no doubt about that, but to me, he's a low stakes gamble. If he works out, he's still not that great because he's an eighth year player. You're paying, you know, a, a vet salary for him. I think they are anyway. They should be let's put it that way. And you know, the, the guys that are on their rookie deals still, and there is one that is is really interesting to me is Dante Dimas. You know, coming in from Maryland, uh, yeah. being a guy who, who could be—he you know, he certainly got the size at six three two twenty—to uh, be a more exciting possible X receiver, and uh, you know, if if you want a high upside guy, I think he's it. Now he really hasn't shown a lot in camp so far, but I think he's a guy that I hope sees a lot of snaps tomorrow night, and we get a good idea of some live fire.
3: Yeah, I think he might be one of those candidates that might have a, a little hamstring, you know cat issue later in camp and gets hidden a little bit i think oh, he's one you. of those guys yeah he's he's one of those guys i think hardball is gonna hide definitely for next season he's he's got a lot of potential he's a like you said tall guy he can go grab it so that's someone that we can develop especially under the wing of odell beckham and Agalor, especially after the uh podcast he did with the ravens it really showed the way he has become a professional over the years and i didn't know he was that that mature so I'm I was really impressed by Aguilar in that interview so I think this leadership that we have in the room can develop a lot of receivers and it can be a good thing for the Ravens in the future
2: so a couple guys you a couple things to unpack there I go back to Dante Dimas for a second I think you know the Ravens will lose the year of eligibility the year of eligibility I'll call it the year of team control if they put them on season ending IR I actually think they'll just take a chance with him and, and put him on the practice squad. But I, I think one of the things about these preseason games is the guys who are fighting for those practice squad spots, That's yeah. a, th- those are really up in the air right now. And Tariq Black has had some good catches. Sean Ryan has had some good catches. Makai Polk was around last year. He's still got four years of team control, so he's exciting. Dante yeah. Demas, Shamar Bridges. I mean, Bridges has had some drops, but he's also the biggest of all the wide receivers that they have in terms of height anyway. Uh, if you want to talk in terms of of overall size, I think it's probably uh, it's probably Dante Dimas is a little bit bigger and more physical uh, mm-hmm. uh, closer to even being a tight end in terms of his size. but smart uh, yeah, bridges is a big guy too. He's not oh really, yeah he's six four yeah, yeah, he's not a slouch at all yeah so you know I, I think you're you're probably talking about two wide receiver spots that are open at least on the practice squad, and you may have the last spot on the. Roster open, particularly if there are injuries or depth breaks down, and we haven't seen Bateman back yet. So I don't, I'm not assured that he's going to start the season. Uh, if that's the case, then I think you know, looking for another big-bodied receiver, maybe something that the Ravens will really uh, value over the others, and uh, you know, then you look at players like Treadwell and Demas, uh Black um, and Bridges, maybe all fall into that category more than the others yeah the other and, guy and, go i'm sorry. sorry go ahead and we don't
3: want to rush bateman because uh he's a big key to this season mm-hmm. so if we can get a guy like treadwell to come in and probably like you said maybe it's Tariq black or because we don't need any more slot guys like a wallace or a crochet so mm-hmm. it's really trying to get those big body receivers big targets for lamar and just make it easier for him
2: yeah i, I think first of all there's a lot of big slot versatility on this team with players like beckham And I think Mm. probably he ends up taking more slot reps than other places. Plus you got a lot of competition for slot reps in 12 personnel with a flex tight end. And even I would say even in 11 personnel with maybe two tight ends on the field, but certainly with 11 personnel, uh, sorry, 11 personnel with two tight ends on the field is, is, is a a oxymoron. Uh, A with uh, 12 personnel with a flex tight end, or even if there's only one tight end to have, four flexed you have competition for slot snaps snaps so um i i appreciate I, is gonna have a, a tough time making this team given where he is in terms of his uh uh seniority as well and the and the the value that the ravens still have in terms of the sand and the hourglass on him
3: yeah it's gonna be a tough fit
2: yeah all right let's move on um we'll, we'll save qb for last let's go to running back next uh i'll let you start what do you think about the running backs for this game
3: uh I think the main guy that we're looking at is Keaton Mitchell. See if he can show some promise, especially that JK is having issues with his contract. And I know Gus is not going to play. Uh, do you think Justice will play tomorrow? Uh,
2: because of the lack of backs, I think it's possible. I mean, he's, yeah. they've been using him as a number one back at time in camp. So it's not it's it's not impossible. Edwards left the field two days ago, so I don't think he's gonna. I, I wouldn't think he'd play anyway, but I, yeah. I definitely think he won't play. You know, you know, just with any kind of question about injury hanging over the game, uh, I think you're absolutely right. Though Keaton Mitchell is the key back for this game, and the 12 to 14 carries he gets in this game will hold enormous portent for his future with the Ravens. So I, I, it could make the difference between him being cut or not at the end of camp, or even going to have some difficult choices to make. If their depth holds up, it looks like it running back and that might be a big risk. The depth does not hold up. And so Keaton Mitchell might get a spot anyway, but then it'll be still a question of playing time and how much they trust him to go ahead on Wednesday. He made some nice breakaway plays. He, 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 he exploited holes. Well, he hasn't done that well the whole time, but Hey, Wednesday was pads. Mm. So it's nice to see him do that. Uh, I'd like to see him be catching the football a little better because I think having him as another gadget player on the team is potentially very valuable. And we really haven't seen enough of that to get me excited so far in camp.
3: And I think the stat back we're looking for is definitely Justice Hill this year. Uh, when JK comes back, he's just going to be the main horse. He can catch it out of the backfield too, but I think we were really looking to get in the pass pro and everything. I think Justice might be that third down back we're looking for. Uh, but, back to Keaton Mitchell, if he can be the all-around guy we need him to be during the preseason, I think that that suits well for him. Uh, Do you think he can get sniped off the practice squad?
2: I think it's possible. Yeah, he's, he's not an ideal size guy, but he was a priority UDFA for the Ravens, and I think other teams would look at him if their depth breaks down at running back, and that happens to a lot of teams during a typical season. Then I think he's one of the people of maybe a short list across the NFL, six to eight guys that they look at. As a one or R guy, as I always say, guy who have the, they have four years of control on, who, who they want to uh, target. I know that's the way the Ravens would would probably try and look at it. I say that, and yet they've signed this you know slew of veteran running backs the last three years. That's just been awful. But uh, it's, yeah, uh, it's tough. It's uh, but I, but I think when they have done it, they've done it well. Uh, you know, for players like Collins, for example. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it does not. It hasn't. They haven't always looked that way.
3: As long as Keaton Mitchell doesn't fumble and get in John Harwell's doghouse, I think we're okay.
2: Yeah, that would that'd be a that'd be a nice thing to have. I'd like to see him be schemed as a target in the passing game some. I think that would be an indication to me that they have plans for him. Yeah, yes. Let me go back to Justice Hill for a second, because he has said something interesting there about him being the guy on third down and combining pass blocking and whatnot. Um, I want to see two things from – my third down back in um, on um on, that are on the efficient frontier of all running backs in the NFL. And it doesn't have to be of all running backs in the NFL. It has to be of all running backs on the team, really, when you think about it. But I want to see a good number of um, yards per route run. Okay. could also be yards per target. If you want to express it that way, I'm okay. But yards per route run on third down when almost all the plays are passing plays is very important. And then the other thing is I want to see a good, Pass blocking effort. I want to see a guy who's who's giving you value as a pass blocker. And last year, I think Hill was an okay pass blocker. He's right, you know, he was okay. Too, some guys were too big for him, but yeah. he does do a pretty good job relative to the other backs the Ravens have had in terms of going up to meet contact and whatnot. Um, and you know, he may be the best they have. Keaton Mitchell is definitely not the guy on third down. He's much too small, and he's been ineffective as a as a pass blocker in his college career and you can't make up for that with really almost any amount of breakaway playmaking that it's reasonable to expect from a Keaton Mitchell. I mean, if he's not going to become Alvin Kamara overnight, yeah. then then you know, he's he's not going to be the guy that makes up for being a zero in pass blocking. Yeah. So All right. So Hill might Hill might be the guy there and I'd really like to see an improvement from Hill in terms of some route running, some targets, some schemes, some recognition of his ability in, in what Malkin has tried to accomplish.
3: Yeah. I think of uh, JK does start the year still on the pup list and just still dragging out the contract thing. I think Hill is the beneficiary, not Gus. I mm-hmm. think Hill has the burst. He has the speed, get to the edge. Um, he's shown a lot of flashes. It's just the opportunities aren't there because a we have this geriatric backfield with a bunch of veterans and it doesn't seem like we can trust him or it's, there's a slew of people in front of him like JK or Gus. So yeah. it's been tough.
2: Yeah. And, and I would agree with you if the, the, it was more important that you had this stylistic fit of running backs under the Roman offense. I don't know anymore. Cause I don't think we really have a great idea of exactly what Monken's offense is going to look like. Everybody thinks they know, everybody thinks yeah. it's going to be a lot more passing. And I think that's generally correct. But the Ravens are still going to want to close out games. And that's why a lot of people are saying Patrick Ricard is done right now. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it because I think the Ravens need to close out games. I don't think there's anybody else that's an obvious option as a fullback. I don't think it's – even though I think all three other guys are pretty good blockers as tight ends, uh, not only that that they are right now, but they could even improve from where they are, I I really don't see them handing Ricard's job to a – you know, a, um, uh, say a Kolar that they line up in the backfield.
3: Yeah, I don't think so either. Even if he is a passing threat, I think it would be tough to give up that that, uh, blocking ability.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting move with with Ricard. If they do slip him in as a guard, if they can get his position changed, and I've said this a number of times, but I don't have any idea who makes those designations or who, who can say, no, you're trying to screw the system. That designation doesn't make sense to us. Is there some overriding authority who can step in? Or if you list, you know, me as a guard on the, <laughs> on, the on the Ravens roster, can I all of a sudden be the eighth offensive lineman and do, you know, carry the water or whatever it would be that I'd be doing on, on game day? Now, seriously, though, in Ricard's case, uh, if, if they could get him in as a guard and it meant they only had to activate seven offensive linemen, it'd be an right. enormous game day roster advantage. Yeah, it'd be yeah. I think
3: if you lose out on the depth. That's why we have McCary as our uh, Swiss Army knife, be able to move mm-hmm. wherever on the line. So I think that flexibility all gives us the opportunity to do stuff like that with Ricard.
2: Yeah, yeah. They've they've actually in Ravens history very few times had had they had to go to the eighth offensive lineman. Uh, it may never have happened. Uh, during the recent era, and I'd really have to look to see. There was one time, and it was in the era where they only activated seven offensive linemen on game day, where they were had an injured man in there playing, and mm-hmm. the long snapper, I think it was Matt Catula at the time, was going to have to go in and play tackle. That's a scary thought because you know he weighed like 250 pounds or something. So <laughs> it would have been a, a very yeah. undersized, uh, undersized guy, to, to say the least, but uh, it didn't no, no. have to happen. All right, let's move on to the offensive line. I think that's one of the most interesting places. Obviously, we've seen now Sala have all of OTAs and the start of camp as the number one left guard just this last week, just this week, they started with John John Simpson and they pre announced the flip was coming mm-hmm. and they're changing. Uh I, I have my thoughts on it, but let's hear yours first.
3: Um I think I think we'll see Salah in the first half exclusively to start the game Uh, and then it'll be Simpson in the second half. I only say that because if Sala does play the first half, the Ravens feel like they might have something with him. If John Simpson plays the first half, I think they might have played their hand too much with him. I think they're probably going to pump the brakes a little bit, let the vet go in, especially for when we come, when, um, we go to a joint practice with the uh, commanders. Yeah, I think that's when we're going to see who rises to the top. Cause those practices are way more intense than these preseason games. So, They,
2: they, they can be, certainly. They do still have rules about, you know, not cut blocking things that they're not going to be have with the Eagles tomorrow night. So uh, that, that'll be, sorry. Yeah. Tomorrow night from, from the perspective of when you're probably listening to this, uh, I, I would agree that I think we'll see a lot of Salah. I think, my guess would be we'll see Simpson first. And I think so. they yeah, I th- I think here's here's how I would project this going. i I'm, I would not expect a lot of Simpson because I don't think there's much more that he can tell you. But if they put Simpson in there at first at for two series at guard, it establishes him as the likely starter. Mm-hmm. And I think Simpson is a guy, if you look at him, he is he he definitely has the length and he has the height. That that you would like to play left tackle. So, of all the choices that the Ravens have, you know, obviously McCarey is a is an enormous downgrade from Stanley in terms of you know where you drop. But beyond that, the Ravens don't have a whole bunch of players on the whole roster that they seem to trust to play tackle right now. After Moses and Stanley, so I don't think they really trust Fa'alele after what happened last year. A lot of sacks allowed, seems to have a lot of trouble with feet. They're already in projecting him into the guard competition, although we really haven't seen that at all in camp. He's been playing right tackle. Um, So I I would think, you know, there's a reasonable chance we'll see Simpson for a couple series at left tackle at some point during the preseason. It would not shock me if it were tomorrow night.
3: Not to switch speed, but are you confident with um, Morgan Moses at right tackle this year?
2: Yes. I think he's a good option. Still a good pass blocker. Not perfect. Uh, had a remarkable mobility year last year in terms of his run blocking. So it gives you something there. Um, I, yes, overall, I think he was a great signing. I, you know, you can get old in a hurry in the NFL at his age. Yeah. But I think right now I'm pretty happy with that signing and, um, I don't know if that I would compare it to this because he certainly didn't come in with anything like the same sort of pedigree as Matt Burke had, but mm-hmm. Matt Burke was signed at a similar age and had, you know, people ask the same questions. Is he done? And yet He played in six pro bowls for the, for the Vikings, right? Vikings. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Before he, before he came to the Ravens and they signed him for less than the, than, you know, what they let Jason Brown go for
4: mm-hmm. and
2: ended up being an incredible move in terms of relative value of those players. It wouldn't shock me if Moses provides value for each of his three years of this contract or even that he provides it for this year. And then the Ravens decide, you know, we have to make some financial decisions and cut him next year. But the tackle position is so hard to replace that, even though it might be a significant dollar amount, I think that they're going to still find that the value is there probably even next year on him. But I sense from the tenor of your voice, you think otherwise about, about Moses this year.
3: Yeah, I'm a little a little scared. I think uh, he had some strong performances last year, but there were some times where he was a little shaky. I think uh, since you've been at the practices, has he responded well to Odafe and Ojabo's speed coming off the edge?
2: Uh, Well, <laughs> first of what all, we're looking for a lot of brother-in-law play. Okay, okay. Odafe, Odafe less so and Owe very much. Sorry, Adafe has not looked as good as Ojabo is what I meant mm-hmm. to say. Most of the time, it's been a jabo on the side with Moses. But Moses, as I think he skipped every padded practice, uh, I, he he might have been there for the first one. I, Stanley and Moses both were out for this last padded practice. They both had vet days. I don't think that's an accident. Okay. I don't think they want those guys, you know, playing to a lot of contact. I think they realize just how limited the depth is at tackle, and they're really trying to uh, figure out how to not let that break down before the seasoning begins wow
3: i didn't know that it's interesting
2: so i and and i can't i can't say for sure on the first padded practice which actually um uh i could look back and try to figure that out but i don't have the information right at my fingertips it, i i think i remember stanley at least having the day off and moses maybe was there for mm-hmm. that one but uh, okay. uh but anyway yeah but aside from that salah is another guy who has spent time at right tackle at Oregon. You think we maybe see some tackle out of him in addition to some left guard tomorrow?
3: Yes. Maybe on the fourth quarter. Uh, I almost don't want to see that because going back and forth from position, especially if he's trying to become a starter at left guard, it's almost like you don't want to bounce his brain back and forth between trying to learn new mechanics, especially coming from left guard to right tackle. Mm-hmm. It's going to be more of a drastic shift going from right to left. So I I want to see Falele man that side as okay. much as he can
2: coming up tomorrow night. It's yeah, wouldn't uh, that be good if he if he stepped up with a big game?
3: Yeah. I think I don't know. Do you think he'll start tomorrow?
2: Falele, uh, yes, almost certainly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's been playing with the twos at right tackle. He's playing with the ones on the days that Moses is now. So I think it's it's a virtual certainty he'll start the game at right tackle. The the other guys that they have there, and he's been right guard with the twos and right tackle with the threes kind of, is is Ben Cleveland. And right now his status, I mean, you, you got to sit back and just wonder how did the guy lose any chance versus what is a fairly weak pairing of players. And Simpson, a fourth-year player who's been very penalty prone, and Sala, a rookie who you wonder always about the weight room uh, ability, the grown man strength of a, of a player like that. And up against Ben Cleveland, who there's no question about that. There was a there question about work ethic. There's question yeah. about, you know, does this guy really love the game? But I, that's I, Yeah,
3: I think it's going to be hard for Ben Cleveland to not really make the team. He's, he, he, I think he's designated to be Kevin Zeidler's backup at this point. I think mm-hmm. they tried to get him in at left they're trying to integrate him into the offense, but it seems like he only knows one position on the line. And I think he might've got in bad terms with Harbaugh. Cause I remember this was Harbaugh's pick back in yep. 2020, correct? Yep. Yeah. I, this is, this was his guy and it seemed like he disappointed him. Definitely after he uh, messed up with the physical, came to camp out of shape. I think that really took John Harbaugh off and he just fell with the, with the favoritism with the coach. So it's a tough situation for Ben Cleveland. Um, I I think we're going to see him exclusively our right guard to start tomorrow, probably okay. for the first half through the third, and then maybe right tackle to relieve uh, Falele.
2: Yeah, I, I could definitely – I could see that. If they want to keep the right tackle thing alive, that's probably a good idea and make him into a swing player. I, and I, I have to admit, it, it, he wasn't just Harbaugh's guy. He was my number two guard on the in the whole draft. Uh, I loved him and pure size was most of the reason why I loved him. And still when we've seen him, when he's been good, it's been basically a size thing that, that he's, he's really stood up to, but among other problems with Linderbaum already at center, being a finesse player, that left guard position needs to be not only a big man, which all the choices are yeah. you know, all of Simpson, Sala, Cleveland, even Fa'alele, if they wanted to go down to that, I mean, they're huge men. They they, yeah. they they range from just big in the case of Simpson to enormous in the case of Fa'alelei and, and Cleveland. And it's a uh, it's a position where they need not only a big man to complement him, but also a really good pass blocker. And and you got to start with that inside out processing. I it's something I thought that I really liked about Cleveland's game. He was playing right guard primarily at Georgia. That, that he would do that and be quick to be on the help blocks for the right tackle after he'd taken care of helping the center. I, you know, I thought he had that in his game and, and it's one of the things I liked. He, he scored as a better pass blocker um, from PFF when he was in college. And I just thought there was, there was more to it that really has not turned out to be the case at the NFL level. And most of his mistakes have been pass blocking. I just, I'm a little afraid they don't want to entrust that a gap to the combination of Linderbaum and
4: First-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: Cleveland, where then all of a sudden every defensive coordinator will be licking their chops, looking for ways to attack it
3: especially in our division we have uh cam hayward dj Mm reader i was looking at film for the Bengals and packers uh joint practice and dj reader was bullying their center and we cannot let that happen to Lunderbaum. so Mm -hmm. to your point we need someone strong up the middle we just don't need someone who's gonna take up space i think you have a point to ben cleveland's pass blocking i've noticed once he gets locked on to help, he doesn't look back to try and help again. He's more of a find one guy, stick to him, and not work back to try and find new work. It's mm-hmm. kind of tough with him. So, all
2: right, well, that's that's something he he definitely has to do. He's helping to the inside. He wants to do it with his right hand only. Keep his keep his head on a swivel there. So he watches for stunts. He watches for blitzes, and then he goes to help the tackle once the, once that center is taken care of. So uh, anyway. I, you know, we've already talked about it a little bit, but who plays backup tackle in this game is a potential area of need for the Ravens. I don't really believe sharp is the answer. He's had a few chances, you know, mm-hmm. to, to come up from the practice squad and be a guy um, he's their really their third string left tackle. They also have Doss uh, who really has not shown very much so far in camp, Tykeem Doss, who's from Southern Mississippi, uh, he'd be a possibility to, to to see a little bit of second half action. But I I don't think they're gonna be depending on either of those guys come the regular season. I think they're both going to be on the practice squad if around at all.
3: Who starts at left on Saturday?
2: Probably McCarry. Now he's another player. Him. You know, you don't want to what you don't want to, yeah. Um if if it's not him then it's Sharp who will start okay. at left tackle and and that's going pretty far down the depth chart. Uh so mm-hmm. it wouldn't it really wouldn't shock me if we saw if we saw two series, maybe even three out of McCary, The reason being that they want to try and keep people off Snoop to the degree they can yeah. in this game.
3: That makes more sense. But just for utilization wise, coming for the upcoming season, it's gonna be it's gonna be scary. I'm gonna be holding my breath personally.
2: Yeah, I think mean, it could be a game where they really try and run the ball in the first half, and maybe we'll get to the, some of the overall approach to the game later let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball here um and on the defensive line i think there's some interesting things going on but what's standing out to you
3: um i think i want to see travis jones i think he's going to play only because he's a second year player i want to see how he goes i know project's probably not going to play i'm not too familiar with a lot of the second tier defensive linemen that we have but i know Nichols is a good guy He's still in his first year, so I want to see what he does, especially if he can get in at the nose and see if he can be a backup to Travis and make a name for himself on the first game.
2: So Nichols, I, I, he's not really big enough to play the nose. Let me just see where the Ravens have him listed at weight-wise this year. So you've got him at 305. Um, they have a couple guys who are potentials. Um, to be maybe some undersized nose. Uh, Browder Washington obviously maybe could play a little nose again. I think I think you're right that he probably doesn't see much action now that he's one of the big 24 players now. Yep. Um, uh, Trey Botts is a smallish guy, and by the way, Trey Botts does not in any way look small. He's a big barrel-chested guy, um, but uh, but he may be a guy we see tomorrow night, and I think people are gonna gonna. It's, I'll be interested to see what he delivers. He's certainly a guy who will be in there for the second half. The other guy is Kaim Caesar. Caesar, uh, and uh, he, he came out of Ohio, uh, also a rookie. He's about 318, so that's plenty big enough to play the nose in the second half of a preseason game. Uh, so he, 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 we could see a lot of, uh, of Caesar and bots in the, in the second half. Uh, but anyway, those, are, those guys are both UDFAs, and they are really playing at the edge of the roster now. The Ravens are not shy at all. About cutting a veteran to keep a UDFA, they've done it on several different occasions, um, and, and you know, Michael Pierce was one of the really big ones. Yep. Um, but they've they've done it other times as well. Patrick Ricard was one, you know, and, and, and look at what he's ended up doing for the Ravens. So I, I'm I'm excited to see the defensive line play. I'm always excited with the Ravens' defensive depth because they've been so adept at winning preseason games in the second half by having a defense that is far too good for the offense. Yep.
3: I think uh, I also want to see Angelo Blackson. Mm-hmm. How is he going to do against pretty much second and third string players as a veteran? It's going to be interesting to see how he assimilates to the game, to the speed and to see if he still has
2: it. Yeah. You, you better figure that he ought to dominate. And if he doesn't, it's okay. um, he, yeah, he might not be being physical enough. And it, we've seen a lot of veterans come in. I think Angelo baxon probably has less than a 50% chance to make this team. And he might have less than a 20% chance to make this team. But if tomorrow night he only plays in the second half of the game, I'm, I'm going with the latter. 20% is closer to, to his chance. And, and it, it, he may be down to really residual injury risk at that point. Uh, be interesting to maybe see how much Brent Urban plays. Doesn't have anything really to prove, but they may try and protect other people more. And so, uh, uh, you know, let him get some playing time. Ready to move on to corner? Because I've been dreading this one, but we probably better talk about it.
1: Yeah.
3: I, uh, I'm i ready to see this competition that we have going, especially that Rock has been down for almost a week now. It's going to be who can rise to the top. Uh, I personally, I want to see our Darius Washington and can he put it all together? We've heard his name for the past four years. It's it's make or break for him at this point, and I'm rooting for him.
2: Yeah. If if one of the things... The Ravens' win streak probably gets extended if Ardarius Washington has a really big game because yeah. he might well play almost this entire game. He's going to get time at slot corner, and the, the safety depth, if you look at it, is just so limited. I, I expect to see him there too, but he's a guy who... Just this last week has moved back into kind of a number one slot corner role and they've moved Stevens to be playing more on the outside again, which I think is very big move for the team and very, very much needed as well. Um, But we may be all in disarray after uh, Pepe Williams got hurt and seems to be what I would call a significant injury, but we'll wait and see exactly what the result is. I haven't heard anything officially about about his problem yet. Have you?
3: He did come back to practice today, didn't he?
2: Now, I did not hear and I was not there. I was attending a funeral today. So I did not actually see if on Thursday he came back to practice.
3: I'm sure he did. I think I know the Ravens posted it on Instagram that he was back.
2: Very good to hear. Very good indeed to hear. I think
3: him practicing today is going to, or Thursday is going to set up for him to play coming up on Saturday.
2: Very good. Okay. I'm glad to hear that. And did not know that's new information uh, outside corner. The Ravens have a ton of depth to sort through, you know, and, and the list of names is long and frankly, unimpressive. And Jalen Armour Davis has had a terrible camp. Yeah. Uh, Caillou Kelly uh, has a fifth round pick. And I've been fairly open about my disdain for the pick because his college statistics are really bad. So to to override that with judgments about his traits you better be right. And so the Ravens like something. Obviously the Ravens love something frankly about how Kaiu Kelly is that you know they they think it will work out but it, I mean you know he's given up eight over eight yards of target in college and a lot of wide receivers would love to be there. So uh that's a you know something I'm not real happy about.
3: I think if uh, Jalen Arthur Davis comes out tomorrow and has a performance like he had against the Patriots last year, huh. I think it's pretty much time for him to pack up his bags. Uh, he hasn't – have you heard anything from practice of him oh, making uh, big plays? I'll just plays?
2: say he is – has he made any big plays? He's, he's made a couple of big plays. Cannot find the football in the air to save his life. Well. And it's not like he brings a big club after the ball's at the catch point or um, in there. A lot of his game is trying to stay with a guy and hope that the quarterback overthrows the target. Uh, you know, in some ways, you know, the Ravens quarterbacks are in a good position to understand that there's a good chance he's going to fall off the target either by overrunning the route or you know you can back shoulder him or you know just not going to find the football in the air, which is going to put the receiver in a good spot for a contested catch other quarterbacks across the league may have more respect for that until they're actually able to test it a little bit themselves too. So, um, you know, is, is he okay where he is? Absolutely not. I, I don't think, I think if you're the Ravens, you don't even let him sniff the field based on, on where things are right now. Yeah. Uh, they move Stevens back to outside corner. Uh, and uh, that was true on Wednesday. It might've been true before then. And I think that, uh, he's, that move is going to stick. They, they might have wanted to, to move Stevens to safety, but given their corner depth and you know injury to Mullen, ineffectiveness of uh, either Kelly or um, Armour Davis, they just are not in a position to do that. Um, you know, Even Daryl Worley has been moved to safety as well, and he may be a player that they have to move back to outside corner to get a better look at. I do think Daryl Worley, by the way, is going to play safety in this game, and he's going to be like the best player on the field in the second half. Mm. so he should he if he's out there he should absolutely dominate the game geno stone pretty much won the game for the ravens by being the, the best player on the field last year in the i think it was the first game but it was one of the yeah, two picks right uh did he have two picks in one game i know he I he, he, he was just outstanding sure. yeah. yeah 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 good it took a couple of good plays
3: on that i think um our we might see our darius washington uh, washington is safety as well i yep. think uh it's going to be a good rotation all, all around. I think uh, Stevens, more so because we have – it's going to be hard because Hamilton might be forced to play slot if no one rises to the top. Ooh. And that's going to force – Oh, yeah. Oh, Abel. yeah. You're saying
2: during the regular season because he's not yeah, playing at all sorry. tomorrow. Not. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Sorry. Just trying to think ahead right now because having Stevens on the outside would mean – we're comfortable with who we have at safety and Gino, uh, Williams and, uh, Hamilton. So mm-hmm. we can get a good rotation going there, but.
2: I, I Frazier, I think that makes a lot of sense in terms of Hamilton, moving back to slot corner. You do it if you have to, unfortunately, that's a letting the tail wag the dog situation in terms of really making Hamilton into a superstar. Cause it's, it's the one decision that has the highest variance and if it works out and he moves to strong safety and he can be Derwin James and move all over the field as you want him to, he's, he's probably a lot more valuable than what he can give you at nickel to cover up an enormous hole that's there. Even if you get Gino stone on the back end. So I I don't want to let like the, the quality of Gino stone at safety versus the quality of Pepe Williams at slot corner, which is potentially a fairly big differential, I don't wanna let that determine where Hamilton plays because I think, you know, Hamilton's value is just enormously different potentially where you get him and you wanna establish him somewhere as a superstar this year.
3: Yeah, that's fair. You don't wanna Steven, Steven him around back and yeah. forth between slot, corner, safety.
2: Yeah, that makes that, sense. yeah. we've had this talk a number of times on the show, but if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna Steven somebody or Correa somebody, we always say, and hey, move them around, you, when you do that with a great, great player, it tends to work out, but you just don't always know who the great player is right at mm. the start. So, you know, it didn't work for Correa. It didn't work for Michael Orr, and it didn't work for Stevens so far. And it's all because they're kind of on the margin of being decent NFL players, but it did work out for Marshall Yanda. It did work out for Dallas Thomas. It did work out for Jared Johnson and it may, may work out for Kyle Hamilton. So, yep. yeah. All right, let's move on inside linebacker. There's one guy I'm really excited to see play. And and unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see Trenton Simpson with the with the soft tissue problem he's had. But Josh Ross has looked like a freaking demon on special teams, and he's looked good at inside linebacker. So I'm real excited to see what he can put on tape tomorrow. I think you posed
3: the questions in one of your shows, who would step in at uh, Mike if mm-hmm. Ro- Ro- Roquan was to go down? I think definitely Josh Ross. I think his instinct and his understanding of the game – it's a different level, and you let Patrick Queen do what he does, Flat to the ball and not think. I think if you put that responsibility on Josh, he's learned under, obviously, Roquan and also Josh Bynes, who instilled this defense into him. I think it gives him the edge against all the inside linebackers, including Malik Harrison, who's mm-hmm. a fourth-year player. Uh, I like Malik. He's a good guy. I think he can somewhat help with the outside linebacker room if it gets to that point, especially on run downs first down. Right. But it's gonna be tough to see where
2: he fits coming up. Well even even what's his name? Um Welch, Christian Welch. Yeah, I, I I don't see Welch making the team. Honestly, I don't think there's enough special teams value there. Now Harrison could be a long timer even of the McClellan variety. Here's the big number for Malik Harrison this year. The Ravens roster lists him at 259 pounds. Now that is absolutely enormous for an inside linebacker. It's a much more normal, in fact, a very good weight for an outside linebacker. You'd love to have your outside linebackers be that big. Uh, In general, there's a lot of 240 to 252 pound guys playing outside linebacker and trying to make you know, better use of speed with their rush and whatnot. Harrison's really mid, uh, uh, built now to be more of a run-setting edge yep. than an inside linebacker. And the Ravens, with their need at Sam and what they That's might try cool. on early downs, I think Harrison uh, now has an excellent chance to be a survivor in the league, develop multi-positional skills. We'll see how this season goes. But if he gets you know minimal playing time or not particularly outstanding success, I think he could be a Raven for life guy as a two-year special teams and defensive contributor.
3: I think if he can hold Sam spot down until Tybo comes back from his injury, mm-hmm. because I don't know. I personally, I don't want to bring in uh clowny. That's not, that doesn't seem like a good signing for us moving forward. How about Vandoy? Oh, I would, uh, he's like Ty Bowser. So it would be a good signing. It's almost like a one for one, but it's 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 more money you have to put out, and yep. a less. It's opportunity cost, especially near the trade deadline. Eric Costa, we know how likes to function. He's gonna try and find a good trade, so we need to be flexible moving into the season. So Clowney, no way for me because I know he's gonna ask for a lot. Fan Noy. Maybe because I I don't think he's gonna break the bank like Clowney would. So
2: yeah, I I uh, I think that that having a Sam linebacker who can drop, and they don't have one right now. And, you know, not in, Ty, Tyus isn't available to play, but they don't have the guy right now who I trust to drop and provide anything as a as a defender, a recognizer, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. Um, it's all it's. It, 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 the actual requirements of the position seem very low to play a short zone, but it involves a lot of reading the quarterback, recognizing what the running backs doing, seeing and anticipating that flat route before it happens so you limit the gain on those plays. All of those things, you know he's got to do at a pretty good level and it's not just like you can have anyone draw off the line of scrimmage and handle all that and uh, it's a uh, you know it's, it's just a more complex thing. Bowser is very special interests yeah. and thinking back to how Tyus Bowser was maligned his first couple of years in Baltimore yeah. or you know what he did it's actually kind of funny now uh, that that was going on cuz he provides tremendous flexibility for the pass rush
3: it was either him or Tim Williams and uh, we picked the right guy we did yeah
2: we did uh speaking of outside linebacker the other guy that I'm very excited to see play is Malik Ham who's had time at Sam now I don't think that's really saying much because I think everybody, pretty much everybody's had some coverage responsibilities in a camp without Bowser, but he has played a little bit on that side. Jeremiah Moon has also been over there a little bit, so you know th- these are guys who who I'm sure we'll see in this first game. Each take some take some reps on that strong side. Jeremiah Moon might even start the game there, uh, and and we'll see how that progresses. But Malik Ham is a guy who. Uh, if he makes a big impression in this first game, it could be the the, the snowball starts rolling towards him being a, a Sam linebacker that they really want to take a chance on. You think we might see? Um, oh my
3: gosh, fifty three. Forgot his name.
2: Yeah, Phillips. he's he's inside linebacker Delshawn Phillips. I mean, he's he's already pretty. Got a pretty good chance to make the team on the combination of special teams and linebacking. But the, the, the problem with Phillips is that he's been in the league for, this is his, actually still only his fourth year. How did that happen? Wow. I thought he was further along than that. But in any case, in his fourth year, this is his last year of control. So the next year that they, um, that they sign him, it'll be to a market value contract. So they, they, don't, they don't have a, an, a call option on what he does this year. Um, they do have a um, uh, you know a good player who's made all kinds of plays on on defense during the season.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> they may decide he's the guy.
3: Yeah, I'm mean, interested to see, especially with uh, him and uh, Malik
2: Ham. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, uh, Delshawn's really an inside linebacker, and Ham's an outside linebacker. So I, I, I the guys I'm want to look at are Moon and Ham on the outside. See if either of them really does enough. Versus the level of competition they'll be facing to really impress. So I'll be I'll be interested to see how that works out. You know, if if we see a little bit of a jabo early in this game, which given that he hasn't hardly played at all, maybe yeah. we will. Maybe we see a series or two out of him. I want to see him really take it to a uh, a backup tackle in this game, or even a, it'd be nice if he even took it to a starting tackle um, in this game. All right, let's move on. You know, the Ravens are. are nurturing here a 23 game preseason win streak. Does it mean anything to you, by the way?
3: Uh, Maybe a little bit. I think it's, we're in the history books now. I think it's a, it's a little bit historic, but not too much to fan on.
2: Yeah, I got you on that. And uh, it's, it's certainly something that, that, uh, uh, you know, I hope continues, but it won't necessarily uh, uh, happen. Uh, one of the things about the Ravens' long win streak is in the early years, of this is all really built on defensive depth. And I've always been a big proponent that defensive aggression almost always pays off in the second half of preseason games versus bad quarterbacks. So it's very easy to force mistakes when you have a, a nervous rookie signal caller back there who's trying to make a name for himself. And not only is the, is the Ravens defense built on the front seven but they've got you know typically adequate cornerbacks that they're throwing out there in the second half or they're not necessarily anything special but they what they've really had is some great safety play some great ball hawking on the back end looking for the football whether that's been omar brown or geno stone or whoever it might be in the second half of these preseason games and i'd really like to like to see that continue
3: yeah and the defensive aggression all starts in practice uh they're always screaming, they're always flying to the ball, and it just easily translates over to the field, especially in the preseason when you're going against guys who might not be up to task, especially against the well-prepared Ravens defense that's known for always putting on pressure, always coming at you full speed.
2: Yeah, no, it, that's It's a great point, and they have not been afraid in either the Martindale era or the McDonald era so far to use um, schemed up pass rushes, but they almost always do it from a base package. So during the preseason, because they want to take a look at a lot of guys, and, and that includes a bunch of inside linebackers, they rarely get out of a committed nickel look. So they're usually playing that instead of a dime, where the where the, you know, the the safety would replace a inside linebacker. In fact, now it's almost like they don't have enough bodies at safety to even even pull that People off. Do that. Yeah. yeah, but 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 I think we'll see nickel pretty much the whole game. And then th- they'll run all their normal games off that. So they'll have stunts that they'll do. They'll have uh, uh, you know delayed blitzes, and they'll have mm-hmm. some cross blitzes, and they'll do uh, uh, simulated pressure where they show people at the line of scrimmage and they drop off, and that'll drive some offensive linemen nuts in in that second half of this game. So it'll be a lot of fun. I, I hope uh, McDonald will keep up the pressure, but he doesn't give away. Um, Personnel package information in the preseason yeah. very much, yeah.
3: Also, not doing all his very, very complicated coverages right. that they have—cover nine, cover six—all that it's going to be. It's going to be interesting how they play their show, how how loose they play on the back end, especially because I know they're trying to get pass rush, pass rush as an emphasis going into the year altogether. I want to see how. Chuck Smith's influence trickles down to the second tier, third tier, all defensive linemen and outside linebackers, see if they can generate pressure based on the tips that he's gave them.
2: Yeah, great point. Great point. If we see Chuck's, Chuck Smith's fingerprints on this game, or even if we think we do, it's probably a very good thing. So yeah, we'll hope for that. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to maybe talk about a little bit with the win streak is, well, I think it is basically – um the dna of the team that they uh have this defensive pressure that they put on the second half to win games i think it could actually be the quality of the quarterback which helps a lot in terms of the second half of the, the ravens quarterbacks uh, anthony brown is one who has not really looked great they have not had a lot of passes in total in camp they may decide they want to play him a little bit because he looked good as a passer in the mm-hmm. last camp um but i think We'll probably see more of Josh Johnson who seems to be fairly well established as the number three, uh, for the Ravens currently.
3: Yeah. I'm looking to see what Anthony Brown can bring to the table. Um, we all know that Tyler Huntley served very well as a backup to Lamar Jackson under Greg Roman. I think this new Todd Mucken offense might be more up his alley. Speaking on, um, Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown, yes. Mm -hmm. I think he's more of a vertical passing kind of guy, just spread offense coming from Oregon. And I want to see if he can take it to the next level in the NFL. We already know what Josh Josh, Josh Johnson can do. He's a serviceable serviceable Mm -hmm. vet. It's going to be crucial between him and Huntley this year. Obviously, I think it's going to be more tilted to Huntley because he's done it in the NFL already. But I'm still pulling for Anthony.
2: Yeah. Well, it's you know the 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 one thing that goes in Anthony Brown's direction is service time. But if service time was really that important to the Ravens, I think we'd have seen more passing attempts from Brown in total during training camp so far. And it just he just hasn't really gotten that many total reps. Uh, Johnson is getting way more reps than he is, and you know he's that's clearly. A lot. And yeah, and it's still not a lot. But J- Johnson could be a guy that they would. Uh, yeah, in fact, the nine interception day Saturday. Four of them were Lamar Jackson, two of them were Snoop, and three of them were Josh Johnson. Zero were Anthony Brown. So uh, really limited number of total passes. Johnson's also a guy I, – I don't know that you have to have him on the practice squad. He's a, he's a guy you have on speed dial, and you bring mm-hmm. him in when you need him. Yep. But do you even have to have him on the practice squad. So maybe Anthony Brown is your guy from the practice squad. And At least if somebody's going to poach from him, they have to at least move him to their active roster right away to do so.
3: I think the only reason why they would keep him around is just being that veteran presence with Lamar, just someone else to be in his ear, especially. I like that. I like that. They, they moved T Martin to quarterback coach. I think that was definitely a better gig for him compared to just being a wide receiver specialist, pass specialist. Mm-hmm. I think now that he can instill his knowledge of the quarterback to Lamar and to the rest of the quarterbacks, they're just going to have better conversations uh i'm pretty sure he's probably more li- relatable than um uh urban yeah urban was yes so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how this quarterback room shapes out yeah
2: all right well outstanding uh frazier been an absolute pleasure to discuss this with you uh we got this done in under an hour i can't believe it uh given <laughs> you know to some of the things we'll remember it's a preseason game we don't want to draw too much uh portent from what actually occurs on the field. Cause the Ravens certainly don't make a lot of roster decisions based on what happens in the second half of preseason games. But on the other hand, I really want to see what a lot of players have here. And, uh, and you know, it's our first chance to really see live fire. Uh, the, the, the coaches have the, not only do they have the, um, the practice, which, you know, I see much of, but they also have work ethic. They know how the people are, are in the position group rooms. They know who they like, for other reasons, in terms of of uh, you know who's who's really hitting the weight room, so uh, I I, I want to see live fire. It's our first chance in the case of a lot, in particular the linemen uh, on both sides to really show what they have and what they don't in terms of uh, being ready to play. And uh, this will be a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, I'm just ready to see who jumps out on the screen, who looks like they belong, and who doesn't.
2: Uh, let me just start by saying other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up. There's still time before the regular season starts to get in a couple of shows. Uh, Frazier approached me about one. I said, let's do this. Uh, if there's a person out there who wants to do next week's preview, come hit me up with that. We'll, we'll talk about that before the, uh, commander's game and coming off the joint practices. I'll have a high degree of wanting to take someone who's actually been there at either of the two practices against the commander's. So if you if you're planning to go to either of those and you'd like to talk about, you know, what to look for in the commander's game based on what you've seen, I would I'd love to talk to you about that. Frazier, where can people talk football with you online?
3: You guys can reach me at Twitter. My at is F underscore R-A-V-8. That's F underscore rave 8
2: All right. Outstanding. And uh, Frazier, thanks again uh, for coming on. Thank you, sir. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study.
0: These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.
1: Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 2.49 dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon.